0: Welcome to Healthy by Choice, a broadcast designed to bring powerful healing into your life today. Gaining and maintaining optimum health is possible at any age. That's what thousands are learning at CHIP, the complete health improvement program offered across the country and around the world. You can learn more at chiphealth.com. But now, get ready to enjoy some proven results and priceless benefits. I'm your Healthy by Choice host, Charles Mills. Every third adult in North America has high blood pressure, hypertension. This puts them at risk for heart disease, stroke, congestive heart failure, and other debilitating diseases. What contributes to these diseases? Fortunately, most cases of hypertension can be reversed in weeks. That's right weeks by simple dietary and lifestyle changes. Here to guide us into the subject is the founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program, Dr. Hans Diehl. Dr. Deal, how long have we known about this, what many people are calling the silent killer? Well, I mean, we have
1: had some awareness obviously about the hypertension situation, but we didn't quite understand what may have been the contributing factors to it. Mm -hmm. That information, uh, that discovery sort of goes back to the late 1980s, and you know, it's an interesting time period because there was a flurry of news reports and editorials, and they all focused the country's attention on a growing menace, and that is the high blood pressure situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, here's what they found. They found not only that uh, every Every third American adult apparently had high blood pressure, but uh, that the numbers were climbing steadily. And so physician groups began to hold press conferences to sound the alarm uh, that many patients didn't even know that they had high blood pressure until they developed more evident complications such as congestive heart failure and uh, uh, they developed strokes and uh, so that we got to do something about it. We need to take care of what they then called the silent killer because there are no symptoms right Mm -hmm. until it's too late Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. But the precise cause was very elusive, and so we said uh, people have uh, essential hypertension. Essential hypertension meaning that about 90% of the people with high blood pressure have a high blood pressure that we don't know how to identify. They're just essentially hypertensive, mm. and only a few, about 5 to 10%, we can trace it to some special cancer or some kidney disease or some of these things. But they said the precise cause, very elusive, but then some of these key factors begin to emerge, like uh, obesity contributes to hypertension, smoking, uh, people with diabetes usually have more high blood pressure problems. We began to understand that it was important to have enough potassium in the diet, which comes from fruits and vegetables. That right. was important. Mm-hmm. And then we also began to recognize that the atherosclerosis, the narrowing of the arteries, obviously can put pressure on the heart to pump it through these narrowed vessels. And then we can look at the lack of exercise, and we begin to realize that maybe alcohol, even in moderation, uh, may be responsible for 5 to 15% of all the high blood pressure in our society. And then we also began to zero in on uh, a little white chemical called sodium or salt. And so salt emerged as, as a big factor now. Yeah.
0: So, so salt emerged. and In other words, we had to find out why. Hypertension was not something you caught. There is no hypertension virus out there. There's no bacteria growing no, that no, causes no. it. So it's not something you, you caught. And I'm glad they, they're asking why. When they found out about these things, Dr. Deal, when they discovered the reasons for hypertension, what was their response? Now the medical profession doesn't have a good reputation for responding in the correct way sometimes. Was there a bad response to hypertension in the medical profession here? Well, we,
1: we noticed that uh, salt played a role and so the pharmaceutical industry became very very active now in trying to reduce the salt uh, in the blood. Mm-hmm. So uh, we developed these pills, uh, these mm-hmm. medications, yes. uh, we call them diuretics, yeah. to uh, remove the extra fluid from the body. Uh, because you see the more salt we have learned you have in the body, the more salt you eat, the more uh, salt is uh, holding water mm. in the tissues of the body because salt is not something that the body really relishes. It's kind of an irritant. And so in order to dilute the concentration of salt, the body hangs onto water. So it dilutes it. But this water then is not being held in the tissues. You know, sometimes you see people that are in their 50s and, uh, you know, they have this edema, the swelling of the ankles.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Well, that's sort of water that's been collecting there. And what happens is now we have about 60,000 miles of blood vessels in the body, 60,000 miles. Mm -hmm. And most of these vessels are Very, very tiny. They're called capillaries. And, you know, just to give you some idea, the uh, diameter of a capillary, you know, the cross-section of a capillary, is one-tenth the diameter of a hair. Oh, wow, that is small. That's very small. So so they're extremely small, and so when you have no water building up in the tissues, the water has a tendency to push onto these very, very mm-hmm. tiny capillaries, uh, and so uh, as they press pressed from the outside uh, on these capillaries, the heart has to work harder to pump the blood through these very tiny capillaries, which are kind of uh, under pressure from the tissues. Right. So uh, we found out that, well, we just have to remove uh, some of the water, and so we developed the diuretics, uh, medications, and so on, uh, that would then supposedly take care of it. Nobody thought about, hey, <laughs> what about reducing <laughs> the salt? Well, there's a thought. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a thought, yeah. <laughs> oh, my. But, but you see here again, uh, the problem is not the salt as such. The problem really is the sodium, mm. which mm. is one of the chemical elements in salt, right? You yes. have sodium chloride. Sodium. So it's the sodium that's really the dangerous particle. We do need some sodium. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not all bad. Uh, a little bit of sodium in the diet is essential to good health. The problem is that Americans are eating too much salt, too much sodium. Mm-hmm. And so as a matter of fact, uh, we are oftentimes, many of our people, are getting 10 to 20 times the amount of sodium or salt that the body really needs. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, a person will say to you, Dr. Deal, I have learned my lesson. I am not using that salt shaker on the dinner table at all, or just a just a sprinkle now and then. How can you say I'm using too much salt when I've cut way back on the amount of salt I sprinkle on my food?
1: Yeah, That's very interesting that you bring this up. Um, you know, uh, in the 1980s, in the 1990s, there we had this idea, hey, ban the salt shaker. Yes, exactly. That's right. the trouble. Yeah, yeah. And the American Heart Association, they came up with a with a clever uh, jingle, uh, shaking the salt habit. Mm-hmm. You know, get away from the salt shaker. I mean, that was the bad thing, right? Right. People began to ask the question, well, how much salt do we really take in? Well, you know, like uh, we take in uh, 10 to 20 times more than we really need, mm-hmm. right? We take in about two teaspoons of salt a day. Two teaspoons a day. Yeah, two teaspoons. That's about 10 grams or 10,000 milligrams of salt. So 10 grams of salt, five grams is in a teaspoon. We're taking in about many people are taking in two teaspoons of salt a day. And so now when you think about that, when you have a salt shaker, I mean, even if you shake it violently and vigorously, <laughs> right? <Yes. laughs> I mean, you don't easily uh, shake uh, two teaspoons of salt. If I
0: did that, I would know it. It would taste awful. Yeah, that that's right. And you probably have a sore arm because <laughs> you have to really, really shake it
1: That's right? But nobody really thought about this. We just said, hey, ban the salt shaker, yeah. shaking the salt habit. And, and then some researchers, I mean, this is a fabulous little thing here. They rounded up some 62 adults who like to use salt mm-hmm. and they gave them pre-measured salt shakers to Mm -hmm. use at home for a week. Mm -hmm. So they knew exactly how much salt was in the salt shaker, and they said, well, use all the salt that you want. We want to see how much you really use. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they were asked to keep careful track of everything they ate and drank for that whole week. And as a matter of fact, these were clever uh, scientists. Uh, They also uh, spiked their salt shakers with a tracer, a chemical that showed up in the urine. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you could actually uh, look at the color of the urine and you knew, you had some idea how much salt was being shaken out of the salt (laughs) shaker, right?
0: Okay, yeah. yeah.
1: So, I think that was very, very clever. And at the end of the week, they collected all the data and they crunched the numbers and here's what they found. They found that the water that people drank was not much of a sodium source. So there wasn't that much salt okay. in, in, in water. So no. they ruled that one out, okay. right? But then they looked at uh, natural foods, you know, like you have um, carrots and you have uh, celery and so on. And, uh, uh, you know, that has uh, its own sodium. Mm-hmm. Somehow there is enough sodium in natural food to give us the sodium that we need.
0: Yeah.
1: Interesting, isn't it? Yes foods as grown does have sodium and they found that was about 10% of all the salt that people were eating during those uh, 7 days mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so uh, water was not an issue natural food was only about 10% and then they found they found by measuring the amount of salt that had come out of the salt shaker they could just measure how much was left right mm-hmm. they found that the salt shaker only contributed 6% oh of the 10 grams of salt that were taken for the whole day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they said, wow, I mean, this this is really unusual. So when you add up uh, the natural uh, sodium that is a natural food, yeah. and then you add the 6% coming from the salt shaker, that is about 16%. They said probably only 20% of the salt that we eat comes from these sources, but 80% comes from somewhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they begin to chase down the sources of salt.
0: And these would be sources that you could not see. I mean, they can see the natural food in front of them. They can see the water they're drinking. Uh-huh. This 80% was coming from something that they could not observe. They could not lay their eyes on it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly... All right. Okay.
1: And, and so this was a time when uh, the population, the culture changed from cooking from scratch now we were moving towards eating processed foods, mm. uh, processed foods that were pre-assembled, they were pre-cooked, they were packaged to go. And they began to say, hey, maybe we should really take a look at this. And here's what they found. They found that 75 to 80% of the salt consumed in America came from pre-packaged food or from restaurant food. Wow! So the idea, uh, you know, that ban the salt shake and then you're safe, yeah. uh-uh. Six percent. really.
0: Six percent of the energy. Six percent.
1: That's right. So this is about 75 to 80 percent was coming. And they began to notice that actually some of these dishes were very high in salt, like macaroni and cheese, yeah. chicken a la king, you know, those foods that you heat and serve right? Mm -hmm. They looked at the canned spaghetti. They looked at the meatballs. They looked at salad dressings, very high in salt. They looked at tomato sauces. They looked at the um, Virgin Mary, you know, those um, spiced up tomato drinks that you have on the airplane.
0: I've heard about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, big time. They looked at the pizzas. They looked at the soups and they were shocked Mm -hmm. to see the amount uh, of salt in these processed foods.
0: I'd like to take a moment to invite you to the CHIP website, CHIPhealth.com. It's a confusing world out there. Lots of information comes at you from so many different directions. We advocate gaining and maintaining optimum health through lifestyle changes. Changes in what you eat, how you exercise, even how you think and reason. Does it work? Over 50,000 graduates say yes. CHIP is a program that works because it's based on the science of health. Science that's proven and amazingly effective. Stop by chiphealth.com to learn more. Changes come when you make health a habit. That's chiphealth.com. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. We're here with the founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program, Dr. Hans Deal. We're talking about a killer. This is kind of scary stuff a killer that is unseen and silent. And it is taking us out in huge numbers, unseen and silent killer. This is a mystery here, and this mystery began to be revealed back in the '80s. And today, it is just there are spotlights on this particular killer, and that is hypertension. And more importantly, the sodium in our diet that is so damaging to us and our capillaries and all the salt intake, whatnot. And Doctor Deal has made it very clear that it is not the shaker at the uh, at the table the salt shaker it is it is salt that's hidden that you can't see it you you don't shake it on it's just there in processed foods and dr deal let's give an example of that before we go any further here what are some of the salt contents of some of our favorite food let's begin with apple pie we love apple pie how much salt is usually in apple pie you mean just one slice? Yeah, one slice. Oh, it's probably about a thousand uh,
1: milligrams. Uh, so um, <laughs> a thousand milligrams of salt—that would be one fifth of a teaspoon, My. right? It adds up pretty fast. Um, uh, you can take uh, maybe uh, a canned chili and beans—you know, mm-hmm. just a cupful—and right there, you got four thousand milligrams. Oh. And in and two thousand ten the american medical association the heart association has said that we should not have more than 2300 milligrams of that's now sodium yeah so if you want to convert it into salt you divide it by 0.4 mm-hmm. so if you divide 2300 by 0.4 that means you shouldn't have more than 5-6 grams 5 or 6 grams that's 5,000 or 6,000 milligrams, right? Right. So you shouldn't have more than 6,000 milligrams of salt a day, and you have this canned chili and beans, one cup, Right there, you got 4,000 oh, milligrams. You see, my. it goes very, very fast. Or you have some of these uh, uh, potato chips, yeah. you know, like these tube of potato chips. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. You just think, right there, in one tube yes. of potato chips, yes. you have 3,000 milligrams of salt, mm-hmm. and the government says we shouldn't have more than about 5,000, uh, at the very most, 6,000 milligrams of uh, salt a day. A day. And mm-hmm. yet the government and the uh, medical uh, institutes have said, that's just for the average person, but if you are over 50 years of age, Mm. or if you are an Afro-American at higher risk for hypertension, or if you have diabetes, or high blood pressure in general, or kidney disease, you should reduce your uh, salt to less than 4,000 milligrams. So less than 4,000 milligrams. And if you had that canned chili and beans, one cup full, right there, it's all 4,000 milligrams of salt.
0: That's it. No more salt today. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. That's right. Uh, or, you know, you have these Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, yeah. a three-piece meal. Yeah. Well, that's 5,000 plus milligrams of salt. mm so we have to be very, very, very much aware of what is. Uh, I was looking at uh, a special, let me think, of, it was called Hungry Man Dinner.
0: Okay, yes. Hungry Man Dinner. <laughs> I'm trusting you were looking only, Dr. Dilly. You weren't uh, tasting any... <laughs> okay. He looks at the. It, it thing, was a but... frozen roast right. turkey dinner. Right, right,
1: right, From Hungry Man. Yeah. He, here's, here's the amount uh, of salt in it 5,400 milligrams of Mm -hmm. sodium I mean that's sodium so that's more like 12,000 milligrams of salt my so I mean it's just one dish and uh, you know if you really uh, would be uh, over 50 years of age or you're afro-american or you have diabetes and so on you know that means that the hungry man dinner just that one meal would deliver enough salt to meet the quota for half a
0: week And some people have those on a daily basis. I mean, every day they have that. So it's not surprising that those capillaries get so full of salt and sodium and the water retention right. happens. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, the government says
1: there's some about 140 million people in America, adults, yeah. that are at high risk for hypertension or they already have it. And they are salt content should not exceed 4,000 milligrams of salt mm-hmm. and here you have uh, you know the hungry man uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 12 13, in one meal My. and you know you have the feta cheese uh, that oftentimes sort of swims in salt yes. you have the spinach pies all of these are loaded with salt so we need to become more aware of this or if you have wheaties you know just uh, you know those wheaties uh, corn uh, the flakes yeah. two ounces that's not very much uh, That have over a thousand milligrams of salt. Even there you have it.
0: Now, why are we doing this, Dr. Deal? Why are we pouring on the salt in these refined foods? Why don't we just reduce the salt or even get rid of it? Because you say that a lot of the natural foods have sodium naturally in them. So why not just go with that?
1: Well, it's a very complicated thing, actually. Um, And the food industry knows exactly why they're opposed to removing it. As a matter of fact, when the government Mandated that somehow uh, the general public should have less uh, salt mm-hmm. in their diet. Mm-hmm. The pressure was felt by the food industry, by the restaurants, uh, were felt by the uh, processed food people, and they began to develop their own study group called the Salt Consortium. Mm-hmm. And this salt consortium was to figure out a way to deal with this threat to the industry, and that is to reducing salt. We need to find a way to get around this.
0: It was a threat to the industry for us to reduce our chances of dying prematurely? That was a threat to someone? <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the threat was to their
1: product. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's profit, it's bottom line things, right? Yes. And, you know, uh, this salt consortium, this group kept uh, the existence that they were in there forever very confidential because they were afraid that it could generate unwanted attention. You think? It's a little bit like the tobacco industry <laughs> that their own tobacco uh, consortium, right? Oh, and they did their own studies. And they'd be questioning the studies that came out in the general medical. Uh, uh, Medical journals and so on. So you have again a, a counteracting force to the attempts to reduce salt. Salt is not just for flavor. I mean, it is true, it allures the customer, mm. it allures the taste, but salt also is very, very important in terms of covering up any bitter tastes that are coming from food additives that are in these foods. Ah. So they sometimes, oh, no, no, it's much, much more than what we sometimes think. As a matter of fact, uh, salt is a powerful constituent to make food taste good. Not just the salt itself, but it, it has many, many functions. Uh, and so they have many, many other compounds that have sodium in it, like sodium cyte Citrate and sodium phosphate and sodium acid, pyrophosphate, all these are compounds that are essential components in processed foods, making them look good and taste attractive and last longer on the shelf.
0: Wait, okay, all right, all right, okay, I'm getting hot under the collar here. You're telling me that the food industry has bad-tasting food in a lot of cases, and to cover it up, they load it up with salt, which is killing us prematurely. Is that is that the bottom line here? Oh, it's big time,
1: yeah, it's big time. Uh, I mean... You know, there's a power in salt that overrides the dark sides of processed foods in which all the additives being used can generate unpleasant taste. It covers them up.
0: I, I need to do some stress management programs with you, Doctor D. Oh. <laughs> this is making me upset. <laughs> oh, my. And, and, and
1: you know, then in addition to this, you have the addictive aspect of salt. I mean, the food industry doesn't want to use the word addiction, and it doesn't yeah. sound too good, right? So they use our food is craveable, <laughs> our food is likable.
0: Our food is deadly.
1: Then people say, well, our people just want it. That's what the industry said. No, that's not true. As a matter of fact, children hate salt. I mean, children love sugar. When you have a baby born and you put a drop of sugary type things on that pacifier, Mm -hmm. that baby will give you a big smile. (laughs) But when you do the same thing with salt, the baby will hate you, (laughs) it will push you away. It's true. It's true. It's yes. true. And so what but, but they did, they began to do studies, and they found that the children developed a liking or a tolerance for salt tolerance. by the time they're six mm-hmm. or seven months old. Okay. All right. So there's a tolerance developing for, for salt. And they found out that the kids that were growing up, you know, during the first few months, they were fed fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. They did not develop a liking for salt, but the kids that had processed foods, early introduced, Mm -hmm. they tolerated the salt. And in due time, they actually wanted more and more salt. So we are not born in Mm -hmm. wanting salt. Mm -hmm. We have inculcated the liking of salt by foods that we prepare to introduce the kids early on. By six, seven months, they're on their track Mm
0: -hmm. for salty foods. And the industry knows this. The industry is well aware of this. They know it. Yes
1: of course oh, yeah, yeah 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 mm-hmm. and and people now uh, the research community says that the manufacturers of processed foods view salt as perhaps the most magical of the three pillars of processed foods and you know that's salt is the most important one then you have sugar and you have fat mm-hmm. and what these three things too especially when they're used togetherness yeah, right yeah. when they're used in union these three components salt sugar and fat actually cause a spiking of the pleasurable experiences in the pleasure center of the brain so that becomes then a habituation it becomes an addiction it's sort of like a mild shall i say it A mild narcotic. Mm, mm, Yeah. mm, mm. Yeah. And so we need to be aware that we're being uh, really bombarded with foods that create the allure. We want these things. Mm.
0: But you know what, Dr. Deal? You would not be saying these things. I would not be supporting these things in this program. I would not be broadcasting this unless you had a flip side to this coin. We are not victims. We don't have to be victims. Mm. There is something we can do about it, right? And that's what the Complete Health Improvement Program is all about, helping us make choices in what we eat that's not going to kill us. It it, it may make less money for the food industry. I'm so sorry, guys, but it's not going to kill us. And that's the good news you're giving for us today.
1: Right. Well, the other good news is that we can become unhooked, Mm. You know, for salt. Important. Very important. We don't have to be addicted to it. It takes about 4 to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And once you have gone through a low-sodium diet, you know, those 4 to 12 weeks, I mean, we see it all the time in our program here, then the tongue, uh, the taste buds that uh, perceive and interpret the salty taste become very, very sensitive to salt, and people go down to a level of 20% where they had 100% before. So they take one-fifth, and they feel satisfied, and the food taste fine, there's nothing uh, to worry about, except when they taste the food that they used to love oh boy. Oh boy. with all the salt, yes. they can't handle it. I said, how oh, can anybody eat this kind of stuff? Absolutely. And they oftentimes say that you know now that the salt is out of our diet, and yet uh, we still feel the food tastes very, very good, yes. the natural yes. foods, yes. Uh, we are absolutely discovering new flavor mm. nuances in the real food that was all covered up before. And, you know, uh, salt is uh, something that they call this in the industry, a flavor burst. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For instance, did you know that when you add salt to a sweet dish, the sugar becomes sweeter? Hmm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I had no idea. I was reading this book, Salt, Sugar, and Fat, by Pulitzer Prize winner Michael Moss. Yes. How the food giants hooked us. And my eyes got bigger and bigger and bigger. (laughs) I began to understand something. Amazing, isn't
0: it? I read that book and I got madder and madder and madder. So I'm glad you got amazed, Dr. Deal, but I got mad because it's just, we are so inundated with lies and it just makes me mad i'm so glad there's a complete and health improvement program around yeah, to set the record straight
1: and you know charles it doesn't only make the sugar taste sweeter but it also adds crunch to crackers and frozen waffles you have eggo waffles <laughs> yes, frozen waffles. Yes, yes. If, if you take the salt out no crunch it's nothing there you don't want to eat it anymore <laughs> you know and also the salt that you add delays spoilage so that the products can sit longer on the shelf Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, it masks... The otherwise bitter or dull taste that hounds so many processed foods before salt is added. So salt is very, very, very essential for these products that are being produced, and that's why you know companies like Kellogg uh, they made a big, big fuss when the government recommended and the medical institutions recommended to really cutting back on the salt. They were very, very, very upset. For instance, I have a quote here. It says uh, from the Kellogg Company: "Serious technical constraints limit the ability." to dramatically reduce sodium concentrations while maintaining consumer acceptability <laughs> <laughs> that is essential to sustain such products in the marketplace. Kellogg said, we urgently request the medical committee to consider these constraints and to cancel these guidelines. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Dr. Deal, our time has flown by. We are at the end of the program. We have a lot more to talk about on this subject, and we will on programs to come. Bottom line is, folks, you know, let's go back to the Eden diet. Let's have food as grown, whole foods, perfect blend of sodium and taste and sugars. Everything's there, and that's what the Complete Health Improvement Program is so good at educating people about. You can find out more about the CHIP program, of course, at chiphealth.com. Dr. Deal, thank you so much for being with us today. You are the salt of the earth, and I say that in a good way. (laughs) <laughs> oh my, oh my, oh my. <laughs> Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with my good friend Dr. Hans Deal, inviting you to be healthy by choice. Goodbye everyone If you'd like more information about healthy by choice, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618 627 4651 You can also email us through our website at 3abn.org.